0: The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following program belong solely to the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of this radio station, our parent company, advertisers, or affiliates. Welcome to Sharing Our Stories. We share stories of support for individuals in recovery from substance misuse and mental health-related issues. There are numerous pathways to recovery, and each week we welcome powerful leaders and role models who have struggled in drug and or alcohol addiction, have found a pathway to recovery, and who thrive as positive community members with an ongoing vision of success. Join us as we share our experiences, strength, and hope. When the world says, give up, hope whispers. Try it one more time. What's up, Recovery fam? And welcome back to sharing our stories. My name is Slim, along with Nadia Al-Jalil and Tomas Hernandez from Tribe Recovery Homes. and We've got a great guest I'll introduce in just a second. But uh, (laughs) welcome back to sharing our stories, fam. And this program is all about addiction and recovery. We bring folks in to talk about their struggle with addiction and how they found their recovery and where they are right now in their lives. So thank you for being here for this program. Uh, before we get started, uh, I didn't see you guys last week for Valentine's. Ooh. I didn't get to tell you both that I love you so much. Appreciate and, and you also, Carrie. Right back I didn't get like to you. tell you that I loved you also. <laughs> so I, I love you keep guys. Love you, Slim. Love you I love too, sharing brother. in recovery with you. I mean, that was sincere. I believed it. Was, it, was, okay. it was, okay. I, I, I received I it. In. Thank you, Slim. So like. You were bought in. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, uh, it's good to see you back from yeah. uh, doing Tribes in City. How's everything in in Vegas? It's good, man. It's just, you know, it's uh, the same
1: thing as when we started in Denver. It's the same repetitious thing. It's just it's part of business. But yeah. this time, I see it coming because it's... You're an replica. expert now. It's a replicate of You are a what recovery we expert. Well, yeah, but I mean at the same time when you go national there's a lot to learn. So like you become this person that's pretty knowledgeable in the room to like the dumbest person in the room. And like when you're doing fundraising, it's there's some people out there that uh know money very, 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 very well and then you feel very stupid.
0: No, you just and feel then, a little
1: humble. Yeah, a little humble and then you that's learn it. and then you know, you live and learn. But you know, at the end of the day, even when you speak about money, it's about raising enough money for people to to get a chance. You know, Tribe and what I do is the infrastructure of not having a person have to pay to get their life back. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have to get as much money as possible for a person not to have to pay to get their life back. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like you should have to have a monetary value in in the world to save your own life. I want to come give you a hug. You know, so, but there's a, there's a definite animal there that the world works upon. So, The only way to do it is either you can cry about it and never do anything and just rest on your laurels and sit with a group of people and say, damn the man. Or you can get to know the infrastructure of the man and play in the arenas that would probably make you mad half the time or inspire you or whatever, and try to figure out how to make things work for a person to walk out of incarceration or out of a tent or off the streets or out of a hospital or whatever have you to have a second chance, not having to beg their parents again, their, their their family.
0: You know, do it right. You know, and with tribe, like you work primarily with people coming out of incarceration. Yeah, pre and post incarceration—that's our jam. You know, which is there's not a lot of places that say that's just our focus. Yeah,
1: yeah. People have tried to do a million things with us, and now we—I was a pre and post incarceration guy. Half the people that were in the most of the people, the staff, all the people that come in through the program. We, you know, we've got that philosophy. You drink enough, you do enough drugs, you're gonna get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's and, all you yeah, that's all you can get, or you're gonna die. Jails and death. Yeah, yeah you know, you know. I don't. Yeah. You know. No, we also believe that let's get before you're completely blown out, while your mind's still working in a, in, a, in a point to where you can actually go a different direction. Let's do it now. Let's not wait until you're sitting yeah. in a hole somewhere, this close to death, or been you know, chronically homeless for so long because everybody just kind of walked over you. Mm -hmm. And those people need help. I'm not bad-mouthing those programs. But what Tribe does is, like, hey, man, you still got a fighting shot. You can get off parole. You can get off probation. You can get off supervised release. You can look at this case right. Let's go ahead and let's look at it frontwards instead of backwards. Let's let's fight this with action. You know what I mean? Show them what you're worth. Show
2: yourself what you're worth
1: exactly just like my man here next to me he's one of our best man that came through the program he came in not a lot of hope just like how we all did and he's turned it completely around and that's the examples that we're talking about when we're talking about tribe is like yeah let's let's do something now let's let's not wait till later let's do it now let's do it now who cares what's what's in front of you all right you ain't got no money let's figure it out you know what I mean can you can you work can you think can you pray, can well, I mean, you Can you, can right you stand
0: up, let's go. Two of the biggest obstacles. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I was incarcerated, and the second obstacle, I have no money. And you yeah. guys are working with those two right there. Yeah, And so I think that's a really big thing, and, and something that I wanted to point out for Tribe, that sometimes I think that message gets missed by people listening and watching, uh, what Tribe Recovery Homes does, hi, uh, I think it's time that we introduce our guest. He is Carrie Madlock from Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and he is a, as you heard, a tribe, a tribe alumni. Yeah. Congratulations you. on your recovery. And it's,
2: it's the only thing I ever graduated. Oh man. Other than right. that, yes. other than a DOC sentence, man. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it was a. It was it was the one thing that I really needed, um, you know. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm 48 years old, and uh, I can honestly say, other than incarceration, and and a few other bouts with some 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 other, uh, you know, uh, uh, athletic things in my life that I used to participate in, I've got all of probably seven years of abstinence from any intoxicant on the, on the planet. And right now, 20 months of that belongs to this new life that I got. You know, I was, uh, I was introduced at a very young age, uh, as far back as I was trying to think about it, on the way over here, probably right around 7, uh, to, to, to the first drug, which for me was nicotine. And it is a drug. Um, there's plenty of science that, uh, that speaks to the fact that if you can just, you know, really stop using nicotine that you know 75 percent addicts just don't ever return to active addiction so when i quit that went out the window too but i started smoking cigarettes about six seven years old with my sister and we had watched uh, my stepfather at the time um roll his own cigarettes mm-hmm. so to speak and what we thought back then was grass you know turned out to be weed and so we started you know trying to roll the grass when nobody was looking you know when we couldn't swipe a cigar or whatever you know. Yeah. And finally, you know, I, 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 was able to get into his cigar box and, and found his stash. And I knew from that point on the first time I did it, even at that, excuse my French, sorry, even at that age, uh, that I would not be able to, to not do this again tomorrow if I got a chance. And it, it quickly escalated by the, by the time I was nine, 10 years old, I was, I was drinking alcohol, uh as much as possible swiping cigarettes on a daily basis and and, and smoking weed like like i was a grown adult you Did know you get
1: locked in the, in the in the bathroom and make you smoke a pack like me
2: oh no uh they held me down and make me eat them yeah yeah I had, to drink, I had to do a whole pack of benson hodges oh yeah these were winchester cigars all right <laughs> you, you like you like you like them. Yeah. Let's see how much. And they, they, they turn you oh, the green smoking them, so you can imagine what they do. You know when they shove, when they yeah. shove a half a pack of them down your down your your throat. You know so, but you know you the know con-
1: the, you know the yucca plant looked like weed plants yeah, too. Remember, absolutely. you can roll those in newspapers and absolutely, pretend
2: absolutely and pretend, and uh, you know uh, uh, the, even the consequences. Of that back then didn't turn me off. As soon as they let me up and nobody was looking, I was in my room wiping it off, crying, and getting my little cigarette stash out from mm-hmm. underneath the bed and opening the window and spraying. You know, even at that young of an age, so I was an, I was addicted just like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? About it. And and you know mm-hmm. they used to have this you know uh, uh, commercials with uh, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, you know. War on drugs. Yeah, Maybe. the war on drugs, you know. And they had, they always, I remember watching this commercial, and they had this guy running from the cops. And they would crack an egg in the frying pan and say, e, you know drugs? This is your brain on drugs. Oh, remember those commercials. And it, it would sizzle, and at the end, it would have that guy running from the cops, and at the bottom, it would always say, nobody ever said they wanted to be a junkie when they grew up. You know, and I always thought, I remember, I remember clear as day as we sit here, I always thought, I'll never be a junkie you know fast forward about four years five years you know and I was, I was running with all the older cats Well, this time my mother had been you know incarcerated for you know a good healthy sentence and so they had swooped up all the rest of my family and and i knew they were going to get me and i'd heard the horror stories on the street already about julie and it wasn't going to happen to me so i dipped and dived and i learned to live down on the river with the hobos uh You know, and and, which was probably the worst thing because maybe if I would have let him pick me up, maybe I would have got some treatment. But, you know, by the time I was 12, 13 years old, I was living in a place they call in Colorado Springs called Murder Park. Uh, They call it that for a reason because weekly, you know, there's a murder down there still to date. And it's still a bad place for people, you know. And I still see kids my age that that were my age down there still living down there on that river, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, about about 13, I was pretty impressionable. And, uh, you know, I was, I was stealing and robbing and hustling best I could to get anything I could. And a couple of these these dudes uh, I wasn't aware of, but uh, these guys are some sexual predators, you know. They lured me down to the creek with the promise of some marijuana and some, some new tennis shoes, you know. And I followed them down there, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up you know, naked next to a creek, you know, split open all over my head and other spots of the body, you know, and uh, it just, it took over me right then and there. I remember laying there, mosquitoes eating me up, you know, they were gone by then, did whatever they had to do, you know, and I just so ashamed of what I had let myself become at that point, not knowing the fact that it wasn't my fault, but you don't know that at years old. And it's one of the worst things that can ever happen to a young man or a woman. You know, uh, and the booze and drugs from that day on didn't stop for 23 years, 24 years. Uh, I was in and out of, of uh, plenty of places that gave me a chance to try to, try to uh, clean up my, my act, but uh, I just, I was addicted, man, and I was ashamed. And shame is a killer. It's, it's the one thing that if you don't get rid of in your life, it'll drag you to the bottom and bring you to the grave, you know. So uh, I, I toyed around with, with a few ways to make money, but, uh, you know, I, I was a good carpenter, but I couldn't stay sober enough to, uh, to adhere to a job, you know. So uh, I ran into some guys that sold, sold drugs and ran drugs on the other side of the border and thought that was going to be my way out, you know. So I spent pretty much the better part of the next decade. Mind you, by then I was already a father too, you know, and trying to juggle that, which I had no really good idea what that looked like just because of my upbringing, you know. Um, I come from a, a, a pretty broken home. My mother had six kids on her own with no men around, except for, you know, uh, a couple of not very speakable gentlemen and and uh, they all Pretty much dissipated and disappeared and the the family scattered after she went to the joint you know so i was on my own and didn't really know what uh, uh what what it was to be a man i was a boy I was a boy till very not too recently a long ago you know uh i mean a lot of people look at you and they think because of your size and the way you look you're a man but if you don't have Uh, anything to judge what being a man or what a what a good person is on you really just go with what you know and what i knew was drug dealers and 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 gangsters and thugs and so that's what what i kind of leaned towards and i thought it would get me out and it it only drug me you know deeper and deeper to the bottom uh you know there's not there's not really too many old drug dealers out there that have made it out without either ended up in prison or real close to death or dead that's yeah. what it brings you
1: they all have the same furniture in the same house though Absolutely, it's like that one that one is like still the same 70s like i was you know the hood like they can't afford to yeah. buy <laughs> s- <laughs> <the laughs> same guys in the west side just old as hell doing the yeah. same thing selling the same
2: weed and they're still there yeah still on the porch they're still there They'll come to the meeting every now and then. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just me. I'll be in the parking lot. Really, they're just looking to try to sling. Same about, bad jokes. What's yeah, up? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, I was I was living in this misery, you know, and uh, I, I, I wasn't aware of it. I, I really believe that most people on the planet, because I had no other thing to judge it on. I had no other experience to judge it on. Most people on the planet live like this. They just hid it under the under the rug i used to mm-hmm. joke about you know and the, for some for some people this is true you know there's judges and and people out there that all go through this addiction it's just you know they they, they have the avenues and the people that care about them that will tell them to their face hey we can help you there is a place i remember driving by these meetings you know from narcotics anonymous and aa meetings and making jokes about you know rehabs for quitters you know and That's exactly what the hell it is, you know. But where I come from, they teach you not to quit. You don't, you don't quit, Jack. You don't quit anything. Uh, It it makes you weak. It makes you a target. It makes you less than. And so that's what I always believed. It's what I, it's what I, it's what I preached to my children even for decades. You know, you don't quit. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if it's a fight. I don't care if it's they're throwing you out. I don't care if it's a good thing. You don't quit. You don't quit. You make them fire you. You make them throw you out. You know, that's just. Just the mentality I was raised under. So, you know, when I, when I got a chance to finally start to look at myself in the mirror, you know, I, my coach came and see me. The only person ever come. I went to prison finally. You know, I begged. So coach,
1: like football coach, basketball boxing coach? Boxing coach. Boxing coach?
2: Yeah. Boxing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had a pretty good chance at maybe making something out of myself you as know, one. Today, uh,
1: this morning, um, Mikey Hernandez, my cousin. amateur boxer yeah passed away this morning oh god rest his soul man alcoholism man i just want to give a shout out to mikey the rest of the family my aunt delphina um all everybody that's there um my cousin jared actually died within 24 hours too um so wanted to let the family know you know but boxing like you said that's that was the one thing that kept him solid
2: you know and it was it was for me for about three years you know uh uh it was the one thing that that i could always go to to try to help because my my coach dickie woods he he uh he wouldn't allow you to come in the gym if he thought you'd been messing around or using or anything and i really had a you know he really thought that i had a talent i thought i was getting better but that money and the and the drugs and the life was Mm -hmm. calling me at every minute Mm -hmm. you know uh, i would get a little bit of sobriety going and and I had an anger issue yeah you know what i mean that i didn't know the difference back then what the difference between my feelings are hurt my heart hurt and being pissed off was or being yeah. mad those emotions for men are hard to distinguish between the two so with me if you did either one of those things to me you got the same reaction to us. Yeah. you know and so usually it was a violent one mm-hmm. and so you know i had assaulted a dude at a party up at, uh, up at the manitou mustangs uh football party i was in the wrong but i gave it to him and broke his face in about four or five spots and dickie threw me out of the gym for it because we don't teach you to hurt people on the street we teach you to defend yourself and 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 to compete you know and if you want to you want to act like a thug i'm gonna throw you out like one so he did and so i thought i thought to myself you know that's it and so i turned my back on the gym and did the next best thing went back to the street that hurt still hurts still hurts. You know, I think about it every day still. You know, I try to do a little coaching, try to help a little bit to uh, to the younger kids. There's a couple of clubs here in town that I visit, you know, uh, that uh, I help out with. And uh, that that gives me some relief, you know what I mean? But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, those are the dreams that, that this shit stomps out.
0: They you always know?
2: say lost dreams awaken, though, now, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and they are now. You know, for me now, uh, to, uh, just a chance to have my my, my, my will back and yeah. my choice yeah. is enough is enough that get, gets me up and doing the right thing, the next right thing every day. But the love of my love of God and the love of my children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I never ever planned on having kids because I didn't know how to deal with it. All of them came along on the unannounced and unplanned you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i didn't know what love was on the planet because i had no idea i didn't really experience it as a child i mean people said it to each other and i but i didn't see any good examples of it but when my daughters and my son were born that's when i really thought wow this this thing this thing really is true you know it's really love but i was such an addict by then and i was so so entranced in the in the street life and 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 my ego and and, and everything that I, I didn't know how to be a good dad to him. I was incapable of even recognizing that I was a bad dad. I would, mm-hmm. you know, do stuff in front of them that later on I would notice that I would brag about. Like I remember one time, you know, uh, I was selling drugs, and my my oldest daughter Kayla, she lives in Texas now. Pride and joy right there. Anyway, uh, she was about. 10 or 11 so by 10 or 11 I had already offended so many times in front of her with my anger mm-hmm. that a guy came to the house and walked in and she knew just by what she had heard out of me talking around her that I, this guy had it coming and I remember thinking to myself Kayla grabbed up all the, her her siblings and her cousins and said, come on right away she seen him coming up the block and took him in the window or in the back room you know and I did what I did in the living room when the kids are in the back, and I remember later on bragging about it. You know, my daughter's a gangster. You know, she knows when her dad's about to ass out. You know, like she she knows. Yeah. You know, and I thought about that as I've come up here. You know, like and had a clear mind. Like that's abuse. You yeah. know, that's that's wrong. I should have never, ever, ever have been proud of that. You know, she that was terrible for her to go through that. You know.
1: You know. Uh,
2: so for them forgiving me, bro, like yeah, has has been the the fuel and the fire. And my word to you tomas that i gave you that day you know you gave me a shot at this mm-hmm. and nobody ever else did and and i saw something in you that i that that, that i needed for myself and, and you know we know each other's walk yeah i knew where you came from the day i seen you and i went i, I see that dude over there doing this and, and you know I, i'm gonna give him my word because uh, you know that's one of the things we get back in this. I appreciate is bit, that,
1: man. You, you know, um, I
2: appreciate you, bro. You I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here with y'all. You
1: killed it, like you know, a lot of stuff that we have in common. is, you know those those things about sports. You know, I boxing, fo- football was my thing. The day that I couldn't play again because I did something dumb downtown and got hurt, loaded. You know what I mean? I think about that every day because I can't play ball. Anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's gone. You know it's gone. You know, but the the sobering fact, and I know where you're going with with your daughter, is that's that's hard. You know, how many times my daughter went and visited me in the joint. You know, not mine. And then knowing where my guns and my stashes were and everything that I had in the house. You know, I remember when she was trying to graduate early. She sat in the car, and I gave her a lot of gas about quitting basketball, and she cussed me out. Cussed me out about how life is and what I did to her. And why, and why she doesn't do certain things because my example and all the things that I thought were cool, she didn't look too as cool when she finally got to you know right. a, a conscious age, and she actually spit on my floor, got out of the car, slammed the door, and walked away. Mm. And I was so embarrassed by that, I just let her walk to school. You got and it. And I had to wait. You know, she didn't talk to me for about a month and a half, and then I finally got the courage to go grab her up and, and say hey but then she articulated it in another way it was a whole a lot more loving than the first time but you know what i mean um i don't know if you've got that closure with your daughter i'm sure that you have but it's it's a uh, it's those part of those things in recovery those are the part of the things that me and you had had in common a lot is is um what i respect you about bro is just that word that you say, never quitting, you still have that, yeah. that tenacity and fight, you were one and done, you didn't mess around, you got in, that's, that's one thing in our, in our program, we give you a million chances, right? But he came in, he shook my hand, and he did everything he was asked until the day that he left. The integrity, all that stuff, so you know, through everything that you've went through, people don't understand what it takes to get to where, where he came from, to where he's at today, but also there's a stereotype about integrity, about your word, about putting things together, about having the brain, having the strength, having the things to do those things that most normal people don't have. Yeah. And a recovering addict that has nothing does. And that's that misconception that this community has about those things. And he's a bleeding example of that sorry to interrupt bro no
2: you're good i appreciate it you know i need to hear good stuff about me because sometimes i forget to tell myself about stuff like that you know the the stuff he's speaking of you know that integrity stuff you know when i came here i came straight from the streets, from the hospital bed i was on my deathbed literally doctors and nurses in the corner when i wake up going i can't believe he's alive you know um I I laid in bed in there for 15 days without drugs in me, awake because my lungs were so full of pneumonia that I couldn't sleep because I would cough every 45 seconds. 15 days of sleep deprivation with the hell. Any kind of intoxicant will make you insane. The things I was going through in my mind, I I attribute to God's way of showing me exactly where, where I was headed at the time. And I begged him to give me another chance and i truly i was i i I spoke with nani the other night about this i ain't spoke to too many people about it but i laid there in that bed and finally got me about 45 minutes of sleep or so i'm not exactly sure and all of a sudden something poked me in my wrist hard like like it felt like a nail to my yeah and it woke me straight out of bed and it's the first sleep i got in 15 days and i'm looking around and i'm energized and different right away and i had been praying for i went to sleep and i called the nurses in like something I had a knot. And the nurses are going, we don't know what that is. And I'm like, I don't either, but am I having a blood clot? What's going on? I don't need more problems, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah,
0: Doug?
1: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. She's like, we don't know, but it doesn't seem to be anything that you know can harm you. So just try to relax. Try to get some more sleep. We, we could tell you we're resting. Right away, I went back to sleep, and I slept for seven hours straight. First time in 15 days. And the next day, I thought to myself, I'm not going to lay here in this bed. I make God those promises, bro, mm-hmm. and, and I've kept them, and he's kept me. And like I told Nani, I have this vision of him, like, plucking me from the bed and going, yeah. now go. And so, you know, like I said, I, I used one more time after that, and the hallucinations and the crazy that was going on in my head afterwards. I just couldn't do it no more. So I reached out to my mom's friend, Rena. They were convicts together in the penitentiary, who has now started her own recovery business in, in the Springs, helped hundreds thousands of people now and i called her up and i said i can't do it down here you know I, I lived in that town for 40 years you know as an addict i'm 48 but you know 40 years straight as an addict i can't go outside without running into somebody i was a dealer as an addict i was a thug so i got a name and not a good one you know and so i just I, I couldn't get straight i couldn't get clean so she sent me to a place called pathfinders recovery and uh they took me in and I did a, I did a thirty day there, and right around the time, uh, about my third week, I I knew I was getting ready to get let out, and I'd been hearing at the meetings about your place, and and I'd talked to a couple people, Ginger, yeah. who it was my yeah. friend for twenty, my my angel, my my she lady drops. for twenty five years. Nice. She came to, she came to Pathfinders, uh, uh our, our, our mean to to tribe to the house over there the what is that it's on uh it's the first 30-day house you had yeah yeah in so, Aurora.
1: yeah ginger's a crazy story we got to get back around her on, on here yeah she i mean i i was hunting her down on social media to try to in, in all the different rings i was like i had to hire her yeah like you know how ginger she's is an angel. she's She's got it, man. Even when she's not even sure of herself, she doesn't it. even realize how much she's got it. It's, it's like, hilarious. Like, I can't do it. Yes, I can. Yeah. You know, like, something's pushing her through the door, and she keeps on doing it. So I'm glad that Ginger's the one that put her hand out, because that woman,
2: yeah, she, man, she, she can bottle that up. It, she She had heard I was at the 30-day house, and my bed was jacked, and I was in there, and I was not doing well. I felt like I was back in a... I hadn't been to prison in 10 years at that point. And mm. I was like... <laughs> I'm not a convict anymore. I really felt like I'm not a convict. I'm an addict. I'm. I'm not going back to no convict setting. And I was in there with some other convicts that had just come in, and I was just like, I was going to book. And she heard about it, and uh, I called my house manager Jeremy, and I said I'm probably going to just head home. And Ginger showed up like in like within. She drove from the Springs, like came and showed up at Pacific. Yeah. And came in the driveway. I was in the, I was in the, I was trying to get my head about me. I was in there working out in the garage. And she pulled up and got out, and I was like, "What?" She's like, "You know, I worked the bed out for you. I'll get you a bed that you can sleep on, because I just come from the hospital with all this, all these injuries that I got going on, and the bed that I had just wasn't working out. She goes, "I'll get you a bed. If I can get you a bed today, will you, will you stay? You need to stay. If you go back, you're going to die." and that's what it was and she goes she knows me from from the street down there I give you my word I give you my word even when I was doing that mm-hmm. the only one I couldn't keep it to was myself
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you is how it works out right <laughs> yeah
2: you know what I mean so I told her I'll stay she goes give me your word I said I told you I'll stay she said I, I said give me your word I said Ginger if it kills me I will stay I give you my word today because you stay, you're going to live mm-hmm. here. I am, you know, she's, she's my angel. But you know, a lot of that stuff that I use from the street, you guys, if you're listening, you don't have to get rid of your, your, you know, you put all of that, that stuff into to gangbanging and, and and street life and keeping your words to the homies. Yeah. You can use that as a tool here. Absolutely. And you can do it in a positive way. I don't get those phone calls in the middle of the night to please go collect this money anymore. Please go swoop this dude up that slapped this girl I know. Please go get this guy that ripped you off. I don't have to look for my gun under my pillow in the morning. Right. I don't have to do any of that. I get to keep my word to myself, and I get to answer the phone, and I get to show up and do stuff like this today. I get yeah. to keep my word to a good dude that saved my life. You know, I get to give back to the people who are suffering out there, if you are, mm-hmm. and you're hearing this, hear me now, uh, give yourself a chance. You know, it's, uh, I promise you this, everything that you have been doing to get to watch this video, the misery that has been created in that <clears throat> is harder than what you will do here. The The seat that, that I earned in Narcotics Anonymous ain't nothing. Because, the misery I was in before I came here left me without a chair anywhere. Yeah. There was nobody to talk to. I couldn't get on the telephone and say, I'm feeling like right. today. What can I do? Yeah, the articulation of like, you could have a Pulitzer surprise, uh, Prize
1: yeah. speech, and then you send it to the same people that you broke them down, and it don't matter. It don't matter. It don't no matter a word. It's all about action. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I do today. I'm built on failure. So even if I had a hater or something, I'm like, get in line. Get in line, man, because my whole kingdom is built on failure. It's built on failure. It's built on failure every day. I'm going to fail as soon as I wake up in the morning because I got PTSD. I'm going to fail as soon as I wake up in the morning with my ADHD thoughts, my paranoia, my, my getting, you know, being non-spiritual one day, doing what I have to do. I'm going to fail, but I got to figure out how to heal. Then once I figure out how to heal for that split second, then I got to learn how to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm going to fail again, and I'm going to win again, and I'm going to fail again, and that's recovery. And that's what's great about taking those street cred, street knowledge. The cred you can get rid of, the knowledge is impeccable. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because what you have is you have critical thinking. All of us score high on the charts on critical thinking. Absolutely. you know Off what I mean? the charts. Yeah, like when they said COVID, you remember that? And everybody yeah. was like, I feel like I'm like, high again for like five days at Walmart yeah. We're like looking for toilet paper I remember we had a buddy Jason we go to the tool area and he pick up two hammers what was in Walmart, I have no idea, but we'd go shopping and you'd have two hammers at 3 in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? What in the hell? Like, nobody's going to run N- up on us. Nonsense. <laughs> we
2: convince ourselves it's okay.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm, I look great. Yeah. Dress, Hiding behind d- a flagpole. Dress flag pole. sweats and a Fox racing shirt on. Yeah.
1: With sunglasses and... <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm sweating like it's... Yeah, it's, 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 it's all bad, you know. Um, I, I, lo- I love the saying, you know... Uh, uh, you know show me who you uh, show, show me who you walk with i 'll tell you who you are you yes. know uh you surround yourself with uh, with misery and you will live in it mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and you will become part of it and you won 't half the time you won 't even know that you 're miserable you know you 're just you 're just going through those those daily uh, you know routines of of the misery from yesterday and the fallout from last night and it's just a it's a never-ending cycle of 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 of, of misery you know uh, and it, like i was reading this book uh from this this real spiritual guy we all know about buddha and he's talking about you know the pain of life is inevitable and the pain of and it's and it's miserable. You know, it's it's going to happen. You're going to have pain, and it's it's the same thing in this addiction, but the suffering from it is optional. You know, you can totally opt out. There is a, there you know there isn't nothing wrong with being a quitter now, and I know that I join a big group of them. Yeah. There's a family of us all around the world. You know, and we all got the same thing in common. Yeah. What I love about the program the best is my ability to actually get honest in, in a room full of people and share the stuff that is yeah. that is that has been shameful to me like you know the 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 thing with the guys when I was 13 down by the creek I didn't I didn't tell nobody about that up until about a year ago and it was holding me hostage on a daily basis shame is a killer but you can get rid of it. You can throw that bag away. You can come into Narcotics Anonymous and you can admit to everything you've ever done and no one in that place will ever shun you or turn you away. They will give you a hug and ask you back. They'll give you a phone list, tell you, call me tomorrow if you're feeling bad about this, you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. And 24 hours a day, you can find somebody on the internet to, to, to go to a meeting, to, to speak to, and, and you can build your recovery and a new life around Absolutely. this. Absolutely. You know, you know
1: there's, there's a thing that I was reading the other day that I use a lot of. 12 Steps of Business. Yeah. So there's a gentleman, yeah, there's a a gentleman named Andrew McCarnegie. Carnegie. He has a thing called Gospel of Wealth. He spends five minutes a day, so he went from $1 to billions and billions of dollars in like the early 20s, 30s. And what this gentleman did was he takes five minutes a day And he manifests his dreams, and he talks, and he coaches himself to be the very best version of himself. Absolutely. That's truly recovery, what we're talking about. When you do a 12-step book, you're manifesting your new thoughts and your old thoughts, and you're putting yourself in line to where you're going now. Yeah. You're understanding what you were doing in the past. Now you're moving forward. And what Mr. Carnegie was talking about was basically, I can tell myself what my future is going to be. Look at the addiction. Yeah. You can tell yourself what you're going to do, what gang you're going to be in, how you're going to get it done. You can basically, I remember that before I was getting arrested, I could feel it two weeks before I was yeah, about to get absolutely. You know that feeling? An hour. You know, yeah, it's gonna, uh, something bad's about to happen. It's on its way. It's on its way. It's coming. You know what I mean? And that's that manifestation of that, but on the power of the positive end, I don't care how many people... Like my sponsor, we talk about that committee. Yeah, you know that committee in it's your mind. It's, a a, it's, you it's convening I mean? on a minute, yeah, hourly daily yeah, basis. You know, I'm not letting the committee beat me today. What is my my higher purpose? I'm going to manifest myself to heal, and you know my loved ones that I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my life, my very closest, and I'm talking a broad stroke all the way down from marriage to to mom to to kids to. To whoever's in my life, to my sponsor, to everything, you know what I mean? He will see me on my worst days. And, like, I don't know if he's going to make it today. But through recovery, that manifestation of your mind, of making sure that you stay in that higher purpose, yeah. that you get taught in 12 steps. Absolutely. You can apply that to everything. Because I could be in the trenches. I could get a text from Nani gives it to everybody in the morning. You see that, oh, hi. You know somebody in recovery is right there.
2: And they care for you.
1: Exactly, she has a group text to everybody, oh hi, or she'll you you individual, individual <laughs> one, you know what I mean? Then my sponsors and all that kind of stuff, that that recovery community, that's a whole manifest, manifestation of, of that whole process, like people don't understand why that community is so tight. Like some people that would be normal would be like, why are they hugging each other and saying they love you so much, it's weird, right? Yeah. No, that's that manifestation of that process. Because if I didn't have that when I sat in that chair, I didn't even know how to love me. Yeah. I couldn't afford a cigarette, a pack of cigarettes. You know how many plates of food I ate for free that first year? How many cigarettes I went through? How many bus passes and
2: rides? And people gave me opportunities for jobs? That's humility and training right there. Yeah. To, to, to be able to accept... Because we all are told to do it ourselves. You, you know, you're a weakling if you can't do it yourself. You don't need to ask for help, you need to do it yourself. And those are dangerous words to, you know, if you're telling your kids that, please quit. It's, it's, it's real dangerous stuff because we will not get, we will not get down the road by ourselves. Yeah. We, this is a, we, we need each other as human beings. If they take a human being from its mother and completely isolate it from from human contact, it dies. Mm-hmm. We are connected all the way around the world black white orange purple green we are connected we are all one and so we don't get better without each other and that's exactly what i love about the place you know i like to walk in there and i learn stuff from 19 year old kids coming in fresh off the street fresh (laughs) off of a hit and they'll say some powerful knock me on the ground you know what I mean? Oh, stuff. Sorry, I did it again. <laughs> uh, they, I, I, but I mean, it's serious. It's yeah. it's 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 heavy stuff because it's so raw and it's so true. And I need to I need to see that you know because it brings me back to that moment. I need to revisit that moment when I checked in from time to time, so that it reminds me nah that's where I'm going back if I go pal- if I go pick up, if I go have that beer. Because you know, uh, there's there's you know yeah. I, I got I got twenty months. Finally, That's awesome, and, man. Uh, uh, I'm not going to lie and sit here and say that the, that the, that the, the urge goes away because I don't think it ever will. But but my right. craving and my in of, my own of my my ability to not control myself uh-huh. from stepping out of all the good stuff I got going on right now and closing the door on the love that I've been shown by the program. My God, by my family and the acceptance of what I really am had to really come to that all goes away at the top at the toss of that shutting that door and going to the bar and having that one drink or going you know going and smoking a joint or any of that it's all the same to me i can't use anything responsibly ever again and i know that finally is, I can't do anything responsibly.
1: I was telling Nani earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've accepted I that I don't do anything responsibly. I just do it very repetitively yeah. and fix it as I go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I took a
2: big chunk. Remember when we picked up together? We picked yeah. up that. We got the same yeah. like clean day. We picked yeah. up together. He got his ten, and I got my one at the same yeah. time. You know? It was dope. And he was talking about, you know, I I keep a notebook with me at all times. And I thought to myself, I should start trying that. I got 10 of them stacked up already. It's awesome, isn't it? In a year. I can just go and lay that stuff out. And I have to revisit it. Like on Sundays, yeah. when I'm bored after church, I'm like thinking about what I should be doing, what I could be doing. Da, 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 da. No, nah, I'll go grab one of them books from a year ago and read what was going through my heart. I'm telling you. You know, my when heart I see, and my mind. Bro, and when and, I see and it. it shows me how much yeah. better I'm getting. I'm just like, oh, God. Right? Thank God.
1: Man, I met this guy in Boyle Heights. I went and get, got this kid kid in Skid Row, took him down to San. Diego I came back up it was a quick trip I had to go halfway to San Diego came back to LA long story short I'm in Boyle Heights and I go to this uh this meeting in Hollywood and we end up going to this guy's house in Boyle Heights old school veterano straight up bunch of prison time this and that but he had this office and like you could tell he did time because, but it was old school Hacienda and he put a lot of pride in his recovery and he loved his home. Yeah. So it was gardening, everything, and just the way Inmaculate. California looks, you know, with the squares in the back, mm-hmm. you kind of have doors everywhere from the offices. He invited me into his office and he had this big chest. And it was so organized on his thoughts of his notebooks. Like that was like his true passion. Like, yeah,
2: what he said, he was like, my kids are gonna know me. Through that's this. what I'm. That's exactly right. what, you know what I, mean? I was getting ready to say. Yeah. I'm saving them for them when I, when I, you know, because they didn't get to see a lot of me, bro, yeah. when they were growing up. If I wasn't on the road, yeah, working for those guys over the border, I was out doing something. I was out doing the street. Yeah, and I was never a guy that wanted them to. I grew up watching what it was. I seen what it was. I was influenced by the stuff that was done in front of me as a child. And Mm -hmm. I definitely know now that I even knew then when I was addicted that I didn't want them seeing that. Right. You know what I mean? And they still ended up getting a chunk of it, but nowhere near what what, they didn't see the worst parts. But that being said, they didn't get to see me either very much. You know what I mean? So they're going to get to know me through those notebooks. At some point in time when I feel like I've evolved enough, I will let them share it. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, as of now, I just want to say one thing, too. Kayla, Caleb, Haley, Lacey, Matlock, your father is so proud of you. Um, This is all for you, baby girl. Son, they say the first year is for us and the rest is for you. This is for you. You know what I mean? yeah. I, I, I would not be here without you guys and the love and the acceptance and the forgiveness that you've given me so everything that I get these days is all from you you guys mm-hmm. saved me more than I ever ever saved you and you've taught me more you guys are amazing and, and Haley Keep going, girl. She's the first one to go to college in in the Matlock family. That's awesome. So, uh, she's working on her paper right now. Probably watching this. I shared it before we left or before we started. I just wanted to say that because that's I, good, I man. Kids, you know, man. every year, like
1: we were talking about, when I got the two key tags. I give one to my daughter.
2: Yeah, you know, the first time I, give I, one I one know, of my mom. yeah, my daughter <laughs> if you see, the, if you
1: see the story. Like you know, I'm I'm during a. a Homicide case. I meet this kid. I'm taking care of this kid. I, I knew she was my angel from then. Right. You know what I mean? They came and seen me out at the pen 80 million times. She's the one that picked my rehab from the last time. She picked it on her laptop. So, yeah, every time I go get that key tag, a I man gets one. Yeah. Every time. And I got 10 of them for her. That's time. I to go on this 11, That's you know tough, what I mean? Bro. So, that right there, when people say, I'm doing it for my kids, let's make it clear. We're doing it for us. So our kids can reap the benefits Absolutely. and feel the worth of me handing that to Amea. Amea knows that I've worked hard for me, but she knows that I still remember that day, those five minutes that hours and hours of her crying that I wasn't coming home, that I wasn't home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those times, that's what it's for, but I still have to do the work. I can't do it for my kids.
2: Yeah. It doesn't, I have tomorrow. to do it for
1: me that interjects that piece for those kids if that makes sense. I go through a lot of stuff today. You know what I mean? A lot of things. You know, there's a lot of, you know, we're so high on crime right now. I know. It's Everybody's serious. killing each other. You know, I lost two cousins coming into, into town. You know, Mikey, I looked up to him crazy. I was just talking about a story about Mikey, about boxing. You know, we're probably going to talk about the funeral. He was one of the fastest things on earth. Remember the West Side Backpacks? Yeah, of course. I tried to tell him that he couldn't, Mikey didn't have it no more. He said, put all your money out on the table. So Mikey puts, you know, Mikey says... Uh, so this this uh, guy, Kenny, puts all his money on the table. He's got like $247, some change. Starts clowning him. He goes like that. And he goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to thread the needle on you. He goes, you better be ready. He goes, Kenny, I'll give you one shot. Kenny puts his hands up and gives one shot. This guy won the Tommy Hearn Classic. Like he's got over five hundred amateur fights. This is my cousin. But now he's got the beer belly with the West Side backpack. Hit him with a five piece knocked Kenny straight out. Took his West Side backpack. To and his money. Yeah, and his twenty <laughs> his twenty two can of his beer left. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Not hurt. You know, so, yeah, those are those things, but you know what I mean? It's so uh, there's it's you know, you still got memories of, of, of things from the past, but you know, You are a shiny light and a leader, like how many times have you fixed stuff in our homes? That's one thing is everybody's gotta understand, is like we're in a pinch, that's what's about the community that we have with him. We could give a call, and I know I can get anything in that house fixed. And he's not going to rake me for it. He's going to tell me to go grab the stuff because in turn, he knows that that person that's in that house doesn't need to see a hole in the wall, doesn't need to have a toilet that's broken, doesn't have to have the things that are messed up because those are the things that are important to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need to be treated just like human beings, just that's like right. the
2: next person. You okay. know what I mean? Because we are, you know, we're, uh, we're not mistakes. We just made some, you know, my yeah. grandmother used to say, you know, that, you know, mistakes are in place for a reason, grandson and it's it's not the mistake that you make that people judge you on it's what you do to make up for it that they cherish forever you know and uh you know when you when you give up give up that life Mm -hmm. you know right away you start realizing all those mistakes that you made and they can weigh you down for a minute you know Mm -hmm. if you just if you just do the work trust the process and and learn to follow the rules and a hundred percent yeah don't You know, we are, we're rule breakers. That's what's, what's got us down this road, (laughs) you know what I mean? So tribe recovery had a, had a reputation of being one of the highest you know uh, one of the biggest ones that were you know that would hold you to yourself and to your rules and that's why I picked them it's, it's not so much just a rehab and a, and, and a sober living home as it is a behavior modification program okay because if you you can't follow the rules there you will not make it out here because life is five times harder it than is. anything you will encounter in there so I, I walked the line there because I needed to learn to do it again As simple as that, you know what I mean. Um, It it, it, it gave me, it gave me a place to start to practice to be a human being again and not an animal.
1: It's cool though, right? Because you know, like how we first started was, man, I didn't know what I was doing. I had four guys,
2: yeah, and we had an
1: apartment. (laughs) We had an apartment. We had an apartment. You know, we just put the place together and lived together, and then Dan was my using buddy and. I couldn't even work with him the first year because we had the same mentor, and he met me down the road when I got it, my two-year client, and he jumped in the in the in the in the ride, and we never thought we were going to get to treatment. It just we just kept on fulfilling more need, and being together with family and that's that's what's crazy about it. Like, you know, we got a lot of the staff on there. Happy birthday, Deborah. I will be there to bring you something tomorrow by the way. See so you on here. Happy birthday, happy birthday. <laughs> happy but anyway, birthday, yeah. Deborah. Yes. But um yeah, like like Deborah, she's been like that's a perfect example. She's been serving the community after her her battle with addiction and, and law enforcement and everything like that and ran one of the best programs in the state. You know, God rest that program soul it was a great place, to Haven one of the loves of of nani's life too and everything like that and uh but there it still lives through us you know that's what's cool about recovery you coming from those places you know those parks man you know they got parks everywhere all over the place like you know and 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 it doesn't change there's right off washington right like four blocks from the staff house where we have in, in las vegas you know it's uh Another park right there. It's the same thing as in Springs. It's the ah, same yes. thing in Denver. You know what I mean. Sad, it's the same sad, communities. Sad. You know what I mean. It's just but a pot of misery. But you know what? That together is that's that's the spice. What tribes about? If you look past everything, right? The stereotypes, the addiction, the person that has dirty feet, that has that's kind of acting erratic. That's that's maybe talking crazy, irrational. But if you look, there's a community there of people that are trying to trust and love each other. Yeah. They're trying to survive. And if you could bottle that and just start there and build on that, that failure that I'm talking about, manifest from that failure with inspiration of others, like how me and you have inspired each other. Yeah. Like you inspire me the same way. You know what I mean? The same way. That I know I did it for I didn't do it for nothing. You know, the worst thing you do is you get sober and then you lose everybody and you did it for nothing, right?
2: And it makes it feels my heart to be able to show you that,
1: bro. Yeah, mine too, that man. Is, that, that stuff's you, infectious. I love it's coming infectious. back to Denver, man. There's a place in Denver or in Colorado, two places. One right by the building, and on Buckley and Isla, If I could sit on that on that corner right there, and we have so many houses in that area. Yeah. I can have coffee and watch all of our community going to work in yep. cars Getting on and the bus, buses and doing everything. Train. I could sit there and watch our whole community just rocking it in the morning. Or I could catch somebody that messed up the night before and take them back to the house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Call somebody, yo, he's over here, man. Hey, right here hey that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> and, and, you know, you never know when it's going to happen yeah. either. You know, I, I'm, I'm working this, this little I, I'm doing really well uh uh for for you know for a job and yeah, talking about that man okay yeah so you know i like i said i was always a good carpenter and i've earned great i've owned a couple of businesses carpenter. in my past as a framer and and as a home remodeler and uh i've worked for several big commercial companies over the years but i always had the monkey on my back and you know uh those guys we can only show up for so long you know what i mean when you're like that and so you know i had bad attendance here and there um when i did have you know a pretty good stint of clean time under parole from 2013 to about 2016 and you know had the divorce all of that you know mm-hmm. what i mean and, and fell off but i was always real good at it. it is just always kind of been my niche and so um, when I come, I'm, I'm, I'm living in one of Thomas's houses, doing my, doing my nine months, uh, 21, 22 it was. And, uh, I took a, just a little, uh, I just, you know, I never had trouble finding work, but I didn't want something where I had to be in a lead position because I had all these other things going on and I was trying to get better. So I just, I just reached out to a temp agency who sent me to do some construction cleanup at a mall in Park Meadows. And I run across this, this older dude named Luke, Which is really strange because my best friend who od'd god rest his soul uh 21 years ago last month um uh his his name was luke and uh so me and this guy already got something in common and we just kind of fit together you know right away and so uh we did that store together and he paid me pretty well i got out and got my own place up here in denver and about I don't know, I think it was probably right around May, he called and said, hey man, you wanna come on the road with me and uh, start building these stores and uh, I'll, I'll take care of you. He said, uh, you know, how much money do you think it would cost me to get you out here? And I, I said, I don't know, man, uh, uh, what were you thinking? He goes, no, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm, I'm hold your feet to the fire here, what do you think you're worth? And I told him, you know, when I, when I gave it up last time, I was making on my own, you know, if I charged a person hourly rate, it was no less than 60 bucks an hour. He goes, I'll give you 65. He said, I'll pay, you, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you every week. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll take care of your travel. And I'll give you an extended stay apartment in every city that we visit. And uh, we'll go from there. And so I flew out, did a store with him in July, came back and i just didn't want to sit around so i got back in touch with another friend here in denver who who does uh uh temporary they do temp they do temp guys for people who need maintenance on their apartment buildings. so i just i just do that on the side while i'm here and uh we just signed a contract for 13 more stores i leave the second week of next month uh my first store is in dallas and the next store is in hawaii nice you know so yeah. I, i'm doing the i'm i'm doing the damn thing you know and i'm gonna be able to give those kids the life i never had finally you know they're all they've also all you know this was one of the main things i wanted my children if they were infected by this and a few of them were by this disease that i probably infected them with Mm -hmm. you know they were all smoking pot and one my my my, my son he was drinking you know what i mean yeah
1: but before i forget before Uh, You get get to Hawaii Remember a place called I want to give them a shout out It's called Habilitat. It's in Kona
2: Yeah, Reno was
1: telling me about it. Yeah, I do people sometimes Like, yeah, you're going to Paradise And they're real Real Pain in the butt, and yeah. I get them to Kona, and they're stuck on an island for two years. <laughs> yeah, but, you know what I mean? But that place is a working program. Oh, really? So if you guys need workers out there when you're in Hawaii, make sure you get a hold of a Don't easy to pick that up. because yeah.
2: we're always looking for for, for guys. Yeah. This guy's good about yeah. that. You know what I mean? This guy Luke. So um, I'll definitely get that information from you. But you know, I wanted my kids to get a vision of somebody that was like me Mm -hmm. and was as sick and on his deathbed of what can happen if you do ask for help because we're told you can do this on your own our whole lives you know what i mean and i preached that to them so you know i i want them to know that if they ever have this kind of affliction and they need the help that it is out here and it does work and there is no shame in doing it there's only shame in not doing it and it's 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 a heavy bucket of it but you know, 90% of it really, really uh, starts to dissipate just once you admit to yourself, and, and and you give it in, and you come to a place that's therapeutic. You know, they sent me to a mansion. I'm not gonna lie. I went from staying in my mother's back room. Of a one-bedroom apartment in one of the worst parts of the city to a nine-bedroom house with five five bathrooms and jacuzzis, and it oh, was wow. beautiful. You know, it was therapeutic as it comes, and you know, just and not only that, you know, uh, you know if you go there and you put your foot forward and you let the people out front see you. You'll get some more benefit by being a leader. You know, they put me in, ha- in house in captain position right away because they seen I was serious. And mm-hmm. that helped a lot with my confidence and my ability to actually actually get my life back and be a leader and be a boss again. You know, those mm-hmm. are things that go away as soon as, as soon as you start to, you know, become that. Like I was, like I was telling Nani, you know, I just barely last two years. I've been shooting, man, shooting dope. And drugs in my veins since i was 14 years old and never admitted it to myself or out loud until i came to this program mm-hmm. and i did it every day sometimes for seven years crazy to me how how that 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 engulfment of 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 that just the action of it is just so blinding to yourself and it's such a shame but you know through that i've been able to be honest with myself and with other people mm-hmm. and i was working this job like i was telling tomas and this kid came in the chewing on his face at work and I went oh god I can't be around this guy and I had to go to him and tell him the second day look dude you're cool and I like you but you're jacked and I'm in recovery and, and like I can't be around you you're you're too you're gonna have yeah. to go. Too much. Yeah. You t- yeah, you're high, t- Jack. T- I can't, I can I can't stand it anymore. I, it's, you got a fifty yard stare, and we're in a ten by ten room. Like, get away from me. You yeah. have to go to another crew. And I felt bad about it because he really kind of, he kind of taken to me. You know what I mean? They'll, yeah. they'll attach themselves Hey, bro, can you teach me this? Teach me this. And he has skills, you know. And I said to him, you know, I'll help you if you help yourself, Jack. You know, he goes, what do you mean? I said, you need some help, bro. You need to go check it in. If, if you don't think that, uh, the, that what you're doing is obvious to other people, you're the only one you're fooling, bro, because everybody here knows. And everybody from 10 feet knows. Anywhere you go, we all know. He goes, is that obvious? I said, of course it is. Yeah, My brother, bro. yeah. it's,
0: yeah, it's bro. pouring <laughs> snow and you're sweating. <laughs> uh,
2: wiggling you around and making faces on, at me, three, man. You're sweats. And so, you know, uh, it was only three, four days, man, and he called me and said, bro, where's that place at? Mm-hmm. And so I told him, and he's been there, and he's got 90 days. I'm sponsoring him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, 90 rocking. days is huge. Yeah, 90 is. days is huge, guys. Yeah, if you're is. sitting there and you're listening, you're going, 90 days ain't nothing. 90 days is the hard part, yeah, Jack. Yeah, 90 and 90? Yeah. 90, 90. and 90, but exactly. it will save your life. Yeah. You know, like, if you're just coming in, like they say, sit yeah. down, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> 90 Listen. days,
1: 90 meals, 90 cigarettes. Yeah. That's how to kind of, like, do I good. Yeah, I was like I 90 to, cigarettes yeah. I couldn't even afford a pack I was like At least I'll get 90 cigarettes Are you still 90 smoking? Def- no. no I just smoke cigars Just cigars I saw you yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah I was like I can get 90 cigarettes And I can get a lot of meals Out of that Because I ain't got no money And I might be able to Manipulate somebody Into a job yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that was kind of The things that I had to come up That's with That's an
2: attic brain right yeah, there maybe, exactly. I could, maybe I could Maybe I could Slide over and get in here you know, Just like this oh, With man. this and this in hand You know That's uh, th- 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 I don't think those parts of me will ever go way i'm glad to recognize them in myself now though i'm glad to be able to look in the mirror and go hey you better take your ass to the meeting your butt to the Mm -hmm. meeting yeah (laughs) exactly you know uh, like as soon as i walk through the door whatever has been on my mind that day it's gone i don't know what happens to it where it goes but as soon as i'm with my people and i'm in that door it's 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 a miracle and it's it's waiting to happen for you so just you know it's not gonna hurt you it's not gonna hurt you
0: So um, we're not mistakes, we just made some. That's right, brother. I like that quote. So that's going on my wall. I love that too. That's Mm -hmm. right. Um, Time flies when we're talking recovery and there's never enough time to tell somebody's story. So I want to thank you for taking your time to be here. Anytime, bro. Thank you for sharing with us. Thanks for having and me. And with 20 months, that means we definitely have to check in with you again after year three. Yeah, I'll, see where you're at you then. Guys, yes.
2: You guys call me, and I'm in Geneva at 2 in the morning. You call me, I'll be on the first flight.
1: Back. Yeah, we're trying to figure that part out, too, to do it mobile. So I'm down. That would be great if you're like in Kona or something, and we can just get you right online. That would be awesome. I'm down,
2: bro. That'd I'm be down good. for you
0: yeah. Yeah. do some great work while you're out and about enjoy Hawaii too like, I'm gonna. Hit, hit a beach yeah. I'm gonna <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm really enjoying the fact like I ain't seen my oldest daughter she's 32 and my grandkids I ain't seen him in five years. Oh man! I mean, I've it's, seen them on Facetime uh-huh. and stuff like that, but I ain't seen them in five years. So I'm going to Dallas March in. Oh, uh, that's better than Hawaii. In March. Yeah. I'm going down there. We're going to go to Corpus Christi and kick back. I'm going to see my grandkids. I'm going to see my 32 year old daughter, who I'm so proud of. She's accounting. Yeah. Uh, got an accounting degree. She's running a construction uh, company. Like <laughs> like I used to take her to the to the, to the job with me, and she'd haggle my my workers. You know, you better. This job looks terrible. My dad's going to freak out. You know. You're, yeah. you're missing that, you know. She'd tell them when she was a kid. So I'm so proud of her, and I'm so glad you go get to see her. The joys of recovery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Our guest has been Kerry Matlock from Colorado Springs. He is a tribe recovery, tribe recovery alumni. Twenty months. Congratulations on the upcoming two years. Thank you. And Mahai, we want to thank you for uh, being a part of this program. Please like, share, and subscribe. Please follow us on YouTube and Facebook. And if you've missed any portion of this program, you can find it in its entirety at flowdenver.com and jammin1015.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to our podcast and keep checking us out because we're here to keep spreading the story that, yes, recovery does happen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to our guest, Kerry Matlock. Thanks for having me. Recovery Homes, and of course, this is Sharing Our Stories.